I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. People throw this fallacies out there only when they disagree with your point of view, only when they disagree with your opinion. Work on your game. 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 Approaching the game aggressively, with that aggression, with that confidence to dominate a game. Dre Baldwin, DreAllDay.com. Work on your game. My next live event called Work On Your Game Live will be taking place January 21st and 22nd, Miami, Florida. The two-day event will be covering leadership on day one, communication on day two. But let me tell you what's more important than even the material I'm going to give you on those two days, because you already listened to my show. You've read my books. You already know about me. You know I'm 100% substance all the time. No fluff, no garbage. But what's even more important than what you're going to get from me at that Work On Your Game Live are the people that you're going to meet. I get people coming to me all the time asking, Dre, I need better quality prospects. I need to build a network. I need to make connections. I want to have better and higher quality relationships. How does that happen then? It does not happen through your phone. It doesn't happen through social media. It doesn't happen on Facebook. It doesn't go down in the DM. You need to meet people face to face, person to person, eye to eye, look people in their faces and shake hands where you are physically in the same space as them. That's where real relationships get built. And you ask anyone you know who is very successful or a person you know who makes a lot of money, whatever you consider to be a lot, I guarantee you they have a whole lot of in-person, real-life relationships. Doesn't mean they don't use the phone or computer, but those relationships get built and the real money gets made when face-to-face interactions and handshakes occur. If you want to be one of those people and you're ready to step up to that next level, you need to go to where the relationships and the connections are at. And the next place they're going to be at is in Miami, January 21st, 22nd, and Work On Your Game Live. Go to workonyourgame.live to get all details, register your seat, and I'll see you in Miami. That's workonyourgame.live. All my coaching programs are now open at workonyourgameuniversity.com. We have the self-directed learning where you can get access to 37 plus courses. That's over 2,800 lessons that I have created over the years. You can take them at your own pace and you get lifetime access to all of them. That's one level. The next level is the group coaching programs. I have the Bulletproof Mindset program and the branding and business program where you get live Zoom calls with me where I do a training and an open Q&A and you get the community access, member only community where you can make those connections and build relationships with other people who are on the same journey as you and are like minded individuals that are just as serious as you are about working on your game third level is the third day mastermind that is the only place that i offer one-on-one coaching that is for higher level professionals and entrepreneurs who want the personalized direct attention straight from me not part of a group but working with me one-on-one all three levels you can get access you can get all details and you can get started by going to work on your game university.com that's work on your game university.com you are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when success you expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, when not done, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves all of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then what we're going to do for you here is we're going to put all this together into several frameworks, approaches, mindsets, philosophies, strategies. I wrote a bunch of books on it. 
and I'm giving you a daily masterclass. What more can you ask for? All of this goes under one umbrella that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today, everybody, we're going to get into a this is going to be part one of two. I think this we're going to make this into a two part series of the six biggest fallacies that have been unearthed by the COVID situation. What is it called a situation? I don't, I don't even want to call it a pandemic. Let's just call it a situation. All right. If you call it a pandemic, we might have put that in quotation marks. But the six biggest fallacies that have been unearthed, they're not even really COVID fallacies. They're really just been unearthed by COVID. COVID just helped expose some of these fallacies that people have been using over and over again. And before I get into that, let me tell everybody that I send a daily motivation text message out every single morning to everyone who's in my texting community. If you would like to get that daily motivation text, all you have to do is send a text to the following number. It is 305-384-6894. Once you text me there, you'll be in the community, you'll get that daily motivation every morning. And you can exchange text with me because I do actually read and reply to the text messages that I get from anyone who's in my community. So send me a text at the number 305-384-6894 and you'll be getting, you'll be in my community, you'll get the daily text messages. So this topic right here, six biggest fallacies unearthed by the COVID situation or pandemic, if you want to call it that. I got to thinking about this because I saw this article that was in Rolling Stone magazine, I guess it was online Rolling Stone article, and they were talking about certain NBA players who were resistant or hesitant or had decided or announced that they were not going to be getting the COVID vaccine. And in this article, of course, the way that, you know, quote unquote journalism, this is this article was not journalism, but the way journalism is today, it is much less than what it used to be. The art, the author of this article took a certain player, this guy named Jonathan Isaac plays for Orlando Magic and tried to make him look crazy and said that this guy, he decided about his decision to not get vaccinated, which he did announce and talked about at his team's media day at the beginning of training camp. He talked about his decision and they said, the article said that Isaac came to his conclusion because he was watching videos on black history and he was watching Donald Trump press conferences. And that's how he came to his conclusion. Where they got that information, I have no idea, because if you actually read the article and a lot of people don't read, they just read the headlines. I told you all in episode 1717 that people are lazy, people don't think and people don't read. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, then make sure you go check that episode. Make sure I'm telling you, make sure I'm giving you the right number. Yes. Episode 1717. People are lazy. People don't think people don't read. But in that article, and I saw some people who have some notable people, prominent people online posting, reposting that article with their own comments about uh, Jonathan Isaac's a dummy because he was listening to Donald Trump and he was watching black history videos and doing this and that. And I'm like, did you even read the article? Because if you read the article, you notice that there are only a couple quotes from Jonathan Isaac. Nothing in his quotes are actually crazy. It's just what the author said was the source of his information. But you don't hear Jonathan Isaac himself saying that's the source of his information. This is one of those little tricky things that quote unquote journalists do these days when they're trying to smear somebody. And they did a good job because they played the game of understanding that people are lazy and don't think and don't read. And it got over on a lot of people with that, but not me. And I noticed it. And that's why I'm, I'm sharing it here with you. And the whole point of it was to try to make it seem like this guy's crazy because he was saying he's not going to get the vaccine. And some other players saying they're not going to get the vaccine. One of them, at least as of this recording, who knows what's happened by the time you hear this, but one of them was Kyrie Irving, who plays for Brooklyn. And 
in New York, if you're going to play, you have to be vaccinated to play any games in New York. So I don't know what's going to happen between now and when this episode comes out. As of this recording, the Brooklyn team has not had a game in New York yet this preseason or the season. But by the time you hear this, they will have had games. So we're going to find out what ends up happening with Kyrie Irving. But even in that article, an interesting thing was all the quotes about Kyrie Irving, none of them came actually from Kyrie because he didn't respond to the Rolling Stone authors. But someone in Kyrie's family, they were making all these statements about how allegedly, allegedly how Kyrie feels and why he may be hesitant or not interested in getting the vaccine. But who knows if that's how Kyrie actually feels? Because again, it wasn't actually him that was making the statements. And this is, again, one of those things that is happening these days. This is one of the things that people are doing and they're you know, passing this off as journalism, but it's not actually journalism. But the reason I brought up in this article, this Rolling Stone article, there's this guy named Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, many of you may have heard of him. Some of you may have not. Kareem does not play anymore. He's a retired player. He's probably in his 70s now. He played back in the 70s, 1970s, and in the 1980s, won a lot of championships, won many MVP awards. He is one of the top 10 greatest basketball players of all time, seven-footer. And Kareem had some statements around this article and around you no know, players who are not getting or, or are saying that they're not going to get vaccinated. He's saying that these players who don't want to get the vaccine should be removed from the NBA. And he said that these players have a responsibility as notable people, as pro athletes, to do their quote-unquote research, we'll come to that later, and to protect public health. This is a statement that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar himself said. Now, there were multiple fallacies that Kareem made all in one statement in his quote in this article, and you can look up the article, read it for yourself if you wish. Now, this what we're going to talk about here today and tomorrow is not really about Kareem himself, but it's funny that a man like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who during his heyday, when he was the guy in sports, he stood next to a man by the name of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali is a guy who refused to report to the U.S. Army when he was drafted to fight in the Vietnam War because Ali believed that it was within his rights to not have to fight a war that he didn't believe in that, and to fight against people, go out and shoot people that he felt had never done anything wrong to him in order to defend some people and a place that he felt had done wrongs to him, which sounds, again, a perfectly logical argument. I'm not saying necessarily you have to agree with it, but I believe he has a right to feel that way. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar stood next to Muhammad Ali when he had those views. And now Kareem seems to have flipped 180 degrees and he's telling people, man, this has nothing to do with color or race, but he's telling people, oh, well, you should listen to what the establishment is saying just because. And he's talking about research and who the hell even knows what that means these days. But we're going to get into that during this episode and the next. And Kareem also, I mean, his given name was Lou Alcindor. He changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he became Muslim. And Kareem became Muslim at a time when being Muslim was not widely accepted in America. And now, so this is a guy who, the point of it is, this is a guy who really stood against a lot of things that were mainstream during his heyday, during the time that he was the main guy that everyone was looking at. Kareem also was very well noted that Kareem was not very affable when it came to the media. He was not a guy who was very friendly with media people, wasn't a guy that kept himself very open to people. It was hard for media people to really get to know him very well during his playing days. And anyone who knows anything about Kareem knows this. But nowadays, here he is giving statements to uh, trashy articles that do not pass as journalism, don't pass the journalism test. And he's offering quotes to these people to tell players who are playing now that they're wrong for expressing their rights, for expressing their freedoms and how they feel and their views, telling them 
saying that they should be removed from the league because they're not following something that would be for quote unquote public health and are not doing their quote unquote research. And again, this all of these things that I read from Kareem and this whole article itself and just the conversation around it got me thinking about what we're going to talk about here today. Now, I would hypothesize that Kareem's doing what he's doing nowadays and speaking up on behalf of the, the government, I guess, and the mainstream media. I guess he's doing it for a check, but maybe these are his actual beliefs and maybe he's also doing it for the check. Maybe it's both. We don't know. But what I want to do today and tomorrow, we're going to get into these fallacies that continually get repeated. And again, these are not necessarily COVID fallacies, but they are fallacies that have been, that have been unearthed because of COVID. So COVID has just opened the door for us to notice these fallacies. So let's get into what they are. I'm going to give you six of them. Point number one, topic once again, six biggest fallacies that have been unearthed and discovered and expressed, let's say, and overused because of COVID. Number one, the responsibility fallacy. This is the number one fallacy. And these are not, not in any particular order, just in the order that I thought of them. The responsibility fallacy is this. This is when someone tells you that because you are famous or because you have a certain job or because you are known by a certain number of people or because you have an audience with a certain number of people in it or because you have some type of platform, whether that be a podcast, whether you have a bunch of followers on social media, whether you got a TV show, whether you make music, anywhere where you have the eyes and ears of people, that because you have this audience, that it is your responsibility to say certain things in a certain way. That is what we call the responsibility fallacy. This is a fallacy simply because the main reason that people use this and the main way that it gets used is when someone is telling you that an opinion that you express, nothing wrong with you expressing your opinion, it's just something wrong with you expressing an opinion that they don't agree with. That's what makes it a fallacy, is that people will cheer for you if you use your platform to share an opinion that they agree with. But as soon as you share an opinion that they disagree with, they tell you, well, it's your responsibility to use your platform the right way. They don't just say, well, you know what? I disagree with your opinion, which would be the truth. But instead of saying that, what they do is they try to pull the morality card on you and tell you that you're just using your platform in an irresponsible way. And this is the way that people try to, this is the way that people try to, they try to manipulate you with the morality play. I talked about this in episode 1955, how to protect your freedom from the many moralizers out there. There are a lot of moralizers out there these days who want to tell you that morally you're doing something wrong. So, but instead of just saying it, they're going to tell you that you're not using your platform in a responsible way. Again, only when they disagree with you. So you're a celebrity. And so I'm, I'm out of that explanation of the definition there. Your celebrity and notoriety are what they are because of your game and the work that you've done combined with your talent and the opportunity that you took advantage of. Thus, you have this platform. And because you have a platform, you have the right to use that platform as you wish. Now, let's be clear. None of us agrees with everything that we hear from a person with a platform. There are people with platforms who I disagree with. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar himself has a platform. Now, his, his platform may not be as hot or as you no know, popping off right now as a current NBA player because Kareem is a former NBA player. And I don't know what you know, actually he does these days aside from you know, his voice to things like this. So, yes, he has a platform and I don't agree with what he said, but I respect his right to share it. And I'm not going to tell him that he's morally wrong for sharing that opinion. The Rolling Stone has a platform. And I don't agree with what they did with this article that, again, we can't even label this journalism, whatever the hell you want to call this. It ain't journalism. But I respect their right to be able to publish what they want to publish. And, and I also respect my own right to put this out there and say, listen, if go read this article. And any of you who wants to know what bad journalism looks like or what 
something that's supposed to be journalism, but actually is not, looks like, go read that article and you'll understand what I'm talking about. I can use my platform to say, like, this is some bullshit that these people are putting out there. So you have a right to use your platform as you wish, because the only reason you have a platform is because something that you did to create it. So it's not anyone else's position or anyone else's right to tell you what to say on the platform that you created. How is somebody else going to tell you how to use something that you built? You can be critiqued. Let's be clear. You can be critiqued for that use of your platform. You say something that people do not like. They have a right to challenge it, especially if you're putting the things out publicly, but you still have the right of using it. So this is the whole thing that makes it a a fallacy right here. The the crux of it is right here. Instead of somebody just saying, hey, you used your platform and you said this, but I disagree. That would be fine. It wouldn't be a fallacy at that point. But it's when people try to say, well, you're not using your platform responsibly just because they disagree with what you said. That's when it becomes a fallacy. And it's funny that we hear this whole use your platform. I hear this often directed towards black people who are notable, athletes, rappers, as many of you may have heard about how Nicki Minaj, a rapper, noted that she didn't go to an, an event in New York because you had to be vaccinated to go to the event. She wasn't vaccinated. And she talked about how she heard a story from somebody who knows somebody who had an adverse effect to the vaccine. It doesn't even matter what it was, but she just noted that she wasn't vaccinated. And there are people who are attacking her, telling her, well, you have a platform. You're using your platform in an irresponsible way for saying what she's saying. But had Nicki Minaj come out and said, I'm going to this same event because I'm vaccinated. Everybody would have, been cheering, would have been cheering for her for using her platform in that way. So it has nothing to do with responsibility. It has everything to do with the actual subject matter of your opinion. And people tell you that you're using your platform irresponsibly if you say some, anything that goes against mandates, vaccines, and you know, any type of anything that has to do with you know, COVID going along to get along, right? But when these same people, these same, let's say a rapper, for example, makes a song rapping about demeaning women and killing other men. Nobody offers the criticism. Hey, you have a platform. You're using it the wrong way. Hey, you have a platform. You shouldn't be talking badly about women, even if it's for entertainment purposes. Hey, you have a platform. You shouldn't rap about killing people. Nobody says anything about that. But as soon as you say something about, well, I'm not going to get the vaccine because I just want to see what's going on or I don't feel like I need it or I'm just choosing not to get it. All of a sudden, you're using your platform the wrong way. So we notice this is a fallacy because, as I said already, It only comes out when someone disagrees with your opinion. But when you share something that in a different way that they agree with, all of a sudden uh, they they have nothing to say or they even clapping for you. Point number two topic, once again, is six biggest fallacies that have been unearthed or exposed by COVID. Number two, the research fallacy. This could have been number one. And again, these are not in any order of importance, but this could be I could do a whole episode just on this alone. The research fallacy, the research fallacy. Many of you have heard this one before. This one did not start with COVID, but well, COVID, again, has exposed it and made it bigger. These days, we're swimming in information. We all know this. There's more information out there than any of us can even consume. Now, each one of us, because of this, each one of us can do our own research. And even after each one of us does our own research, we can still have different sources of that research and come to completely different conclusions that can be traced to something that's accurate. We can come to accurate conclusions, but that are still completely different, even though we both did our research and get them from completely different sources. Why? Because there's just so much information out there. Thus, the research fallacy, which is when someone tells you that your conclusion or your opinion or your stance is incorrect because you haven't done your research, you haven't done any research, or you haven't done the proper research or whatever, whatever research you did was just wrong. This is the research fallacy. Someone says your research is wrong 
not because they have actually looked into your sources and found that you were looking at the wrong source or that you read a chart wrong or you misinterpreted data. That would be wrong research. When people tell you that you need to do your research, what they're actually telling you is you have a conclusion or a point of view or an opinion that I disagree with. So the reason that you have the wrong opinion is they're going to pull the moral intelligence card on you. So the first one is just moral rightness card, responsibility. The second one is moral intelligence. See, I'm just smarter than you. See, the reason why we have different opinions is because I got research that's different and better than yours. So that's why I have a different conclusion from you. So now they're just pulling the intelligence card on you. That's what makes this the fallacy. This is the research fallacy. So as with the responsibility fallacy, it only comes out when someone disagrees with your conclusion, point of view, with your stance, with your opinion. So if I say something like, for example, if I came on here or on in one of my articles or I went on social media or something like that and I say, hey, everybody, I've done a ton of research on this and I'll come to a conclusion. Go get vaccinated for COVID. If I came out and said that certain people, there's a certain population of people who would applaud me. Right. And they would broadcast my message loud and wide and far. Right. Nobody will come out and tell me, well, Dre, none of those people, let's say, none of that group who would applaud me for saying, go get it. None of them will come out and say, well, you're not allowed to say that because you're not a doctor. Why would they? Why wouldn't they? I'm not a doctor. I'm not technically when it comes to science, quote unquote science. We'll get to that. I'm not qualified to give any type of medical advice. But if I came out and said something that they agreed with, they would applaud it or just leave it alone. Nobody would tell me I'm not a doctor. But if I came out and said I've done my research, but I don't want the jab. Now, these same people will come out and they would try to question everything about me. They would try to discredit every credential that I've ever created in my life. Anything about me, they try to make me look bad. They would try to smear me, just like this Rolling Stone article did, just like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sounded stupid, saying players should be removed from the NBA, only because they disagree with your point. See, you're noticing a pattern here. We're only two points in, is that people throw these fallacies out there only when they disagree with your point of view, only when they disagree with your opinion. Remember that you have a right to an opinion. Everyone has a right to an opinion. It doesn't mean all opinions are created equal because they are not, but you have a right to have one. And in the country that I was born in, that I live in, United States of America, everyone has clear, 100% full rights to their point of view, to their position and their opinion, even if you staunchly disagree with what it is. So when someone's telling you that you haven't done your research, it's not because they've done more or better research. And when someone tells you that you're not using your platform or your space responsibly, it's not because they're better than you morally or because they're more responsible than you. It's just because they disagree with you. And this is what makes it a fallacy. Point number three, today's topic, once again, are the six biggest fallacies that have been exposed based on the COVID situation or whatever you want to label it as. Number three is the public health fallacy. All right. So now we're kind of getting out of the personal out of the personal thing that people throw at. Now let's talk about the more big picture stuff that people are throwing out. So this one is the public health fallacy. Public health fallacy works as follows. When someone says something like, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar says something like this, and a bunch of people have said this, you probably heard it. And some of you who are listening, you probably use this, is that we need to get more people vaccinated so that we can protect public health. This is not a personal rights issue. This is not a freedom issue. This is not an American issue. This is a public health issue. So we have to get everyone the jab because it's about public health. It is not about individual people. It's not about individual rights. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, screw your freedom. It's not about any of that. Like Joe Biden has said, he didn't say exactly that, but he said things close to that, that I don't think he would challenge me if I said he said that. It's 
this is public health. All right. It's not about you individually. It's not about your thoughts or your rights or your opinions or your point of view. It's about everybody. It's about the bigger group. And this is why everybody needs to go along to get along. This is the public health fallacy. And I'll tell you why this is a fallacy. This is when people are saying, get the jab because it will protect other people. We all know, again, any of you who's a logical or critical thinker, hopefully you're both, makes, this makes no sense. The jab is supposed to protect people. It's not my job to protect you by getting the jab, by getting the vaccine. The jab itself, when you got vaccinated, if you are vaccinated, the purpose of it is to protect you. That's the reason why you got it. All right, This is what a vaccine is supposed to do. Look up the definition of vaccine. You can see it for yourself. This is the job of a vaccine. It is supposed to allegedly make you immune to a disease or to a virus. That is the very definition of a vaccine. Look it up for yourself. Actually, let me look it up for you. I'm not even going to tell you to look it up. Let me look it up for you so that we don't have any confusion here. The definition of a vaccine, and I got to pull it again. So I put this in my article. So any of you who, is, who read my article about uh, the COVID jab a few weeks ago from when I'm recording, let's put it out in September of 2021. But anyway, here it is. Quote, vaccine is a substance used to stimulate the production of antibodies and provide immunity, keyword immunity, against one or several diseases prepared from the caus- causative agent of a disease, its products, or a synthetic substitute treat it to act as an antigen without inducing the disease. Key word in this definition is immunity, meaning that you're not going to get it. That is what the vaccine is for. Stimulate production of antibodies and provide immunity. So if a vaccine stimulates the production of antibodies and provides immunity, and we also know that getting COVID, if you actually get the virus and survive, you already have antibodies because that's the only way you survived it. And now you have immunity because you have antibodies is right here in the very definition of vaccine. Why do people who already had it still need to get vaccinated? It doesn't make any sense. Why do people who've already had it still need to walk around with a mask or be locked down or social distance from other people? It doesn't make any sense. Again, look at the definition. This is the reason why I define words when I talk about things here on the show. So I can provide a baseline from which we're all we all have the same understanding because you could easily interpret a lot of the things that I say different ways. I give you the definition so that we're all on the same page. So we're all looking at the same. We all agree that North is North and South is South. This is why I give you definitions. Production of antibodies and provide immunity. So public health of getting somebody vaccinated to protect the person who's already vaccinated doesn't make any sense. Because if you're vaccinated, according to this definition, you have antibodies and immunity. Now, if the virus is failing to do that, I mean, the vaccine, excuse me, is failing to do that, then it's not a vaccine. Now, definition of a vaccine antibodies and immunity. So if you don't have antibodies and you're not immune, then it's not a vaccine. I don't know what we're going to call that thing you got injected into your arm. I don't, you call whatever you want. It's in your arms, not in mine, but whatever you call it, it ain't a vaccine. If you're still concerned about people who don't have it, or you're still concerned about the virus after you got the vaccine. So what are we calling that thing? I don't, somebody can help me out with that. You can text me and you can let me know. The jab is supposed to protect you. So if the jab is ineffective, then well, first of all, you get, get mad at whoever put that jab into your arm and maybe mad at yourself for taking it. That's up to you. All right. Whatever research you decided to do. And I ain't mad at you if you did. But let's be clear. If the jab is not providing you immunity as you expected it to, then the situation is you versus life. It's your immune system versus life. It's not just the COVID or whatever. Any, it could be any virus. It could be any sickness. It could be any disease. Your immune system versus whatever comes across you. And understand that every single day, everybody, you are taking in germs, 
you're ingesting all kinds of bacterias, all kinds of germs, all kinds of stuff you're ingesting and taking into your body every single day. The food that you eat, did you prepare it? Did you make it? Do you know who made it? Do you know if they washed their hands before they made your food? You don't know, but you ate it anyway. So you're taking this kind of stuff in all the time. The thing is, your immune system is strong enough that even though you're taking in some stuff that is probably not good for your body, your immune system is strong enough to get rid of it, fight it, delete it, you know, get it out of your body, and it doesn't bother you, you don't even notice. So the stronger your immune system, the better you can deal with whatever comes along. And this is the way that it's supposed to be. This is why I've even heard some doctors even say this, that you don't want to protect your kids from everything that they could possibly get into. You want your kids to go out and play outside and play in the dirt and get dirty and get nasty and putting stuff in their mouth they're not supposed to. Why? Because it helps build their immune system, makes their immune system stronger. And the more they can take something without it destroying them, it actually makes them stronger for future things that they're going to come across. This is how immune systems get strengthened. And also with, you know, putting good stuff in your body, taking care of your, your rest, your sleep, exercising, healthy diet, et cetera, et cetera. This is the way it's supposed to be. So if you are already jabbed with the quote unquote vaccine, it's not actually a vaccine if you're still worried about getting the virus, whether I get jabbed or not does not affect you. You can get the virus even from somebody who got the vaccine, quote unquote vaccine. It's not actually a vaccine. You can get the virus even from somebody who already got the jab. We'll just call it a jab because it's not actually a vaccine. So let's just throw this whole you might give me the virus thing out of the window. OK, you can't get it. If you can get it from anyone, whether they got the jab or not, then it doesn't matter whether somebody gets the jab or not. Can someone if someone can point out logically how that is incorrect, please let me know. You have my text number. It is down below in the description. Let me share some research with you. All right. This is not a fallacy. This is some actual research. This came from WebMD.com. WebMD.com. Quote, research, this is their words, research shows that the virus can live in the air for up to three hours. And yes, this is talking about the COVID virus. It can live in the air for up to three hours. It can get into your lungs if someone who has it breathes out and you breathe that air in. Close quote. Why am I sharing that? research with you. I'm sharing that with you to let you know that this virus can live in the air. Again, do you hear what I just said? It can live in the air for three hours, which means if I have the virus, right, and I walk outside of the building that we're both in, I'm, we're, we're both at the gym. I walk out the gym and I breathe out the virus, you no know, virus breath. All right, I got virus breath and I breathe it out and then I walk away. And then you walk out the gym. Let's say you come to the gym three hours later that virus air might still be lingering right there in front of the gym and you breathe it in. You didn't touch me. You were more than six feet away from me. You don't even know that I exist, but you breathed in it. It can live in the air for up to three hours. It can get in your lungs because I breathed it out and you breathed it in. So it's a fallacy that one person needs to get jabbed to protect others. It's also a fallacy that you need to stay socially distanced from other people. And it's a fallacy that you can prevent yourself from getting it. If you're leaving your house at all, or even opening the doors or the windows in your home at all, then you are susceptible to breathing in air that possibly has the virus in it because you can't see it. It's not like you can dodge, duck and dodge certain air particles that might have a virus in it. So if you open windows or open doors or leave your house at all, you are susceptible to getting the virus because we know the quote unquote vaccine isn't protecting you. There is no logical basis whatsoever that because anyone not that, but because anyone jabbed or not can still spread the virus. So us calling this a public health issue that everyone needs to get jabbed doesn't make any sense. Being that people who have the jab are still getting the virus, still getting sick, still going to the hospital, still dying. 
Now, all this stuff is not being reported as often. So as I told you all in episode 1474, stop watching the news. You have to do extra work these days to get accurate information. Now, if you didn't hear me say that, go listen to episode 1474. I told you this two years ago, way before COVID. Was that two years? Yeah, two years ago, way before COVID, I told you about this. Okay, so this is not new stuff. I'm not, I don't make these things up just to back up any point that I'm making today. I, that's why I always refer you to previous episodes years back when I said the same stuff. None of this is new. But the fallacies are being exposed. So anybody can jab or not still spread the virus, despite what's being told to you that this is a public health issue. Now, is does it affect the health of the public? Is it overall? Are we looking at healthy people sometimes getting viruses and getting sick? Yes, but that was happening even before COVID. <laughs> and it's not again. It's not like we can even trace. Like if a person gets the virus, if I get the virus tomorrow. How do I know who I got it from? I don't know. I don't know who I got it from. You can't trace that, at least with the current technology and the current quote unquote science that we have. That's another word that's been thrown around so much that it's lost its value that you don't even know who gave it to you. So if someone is vaccinated. There was a story that I saw maybe two weeks ago on social media. There was a person who got the virus and they died. And their family was saying, and this person had the vaccine, quote unquote vaccine, not a vaccine. They had the jab. And they got the virus and they died anyway. And their family was saying, well, the reason this person died is because of unvaccinated people who don't get the go get the jab, go get the jab. And they made a big story out of this because I guess with this person dying, I guess that gave extra credibility to the person saying, go get the jab. This adds. So now you get extra credibility to tell people to get the jab if you know somebody who died of the virus. And some of you are listening right now. You know somebody who died of it was probably with but not of but with the virus and you say, oh, well, I know somebody who died with the virus. So, so that gives you extra credibility to talk about it. No, it does not. And that's probably not what they died of. The virus probably just sped up their death. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. And at the same time, how do you know who gave it to them? They could have got it from somebody who already had the jab. They could have got it from the jab itself. I probably shouldn't say that. They might take this down. But anyway, <laughs> all that being said, let's recap today's class, which we are on part one of two. I'm giving you the six biggest fallacies that have been exposed based on the COVID situation. We're not even going to call it a pandemic anymore. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sounded stupid, giving quotes to a, a terrible, trashy article written by Rolling Stone by someone who I think is probably calling themselves a journalist, but they're lying. But let's get into this. Number one, the responsibility fallacy. This is when a person tells you that you are using your platform in an irresponsible way, not because of something that you did morally incorrectly, but they're moralizing it against you because they just disagree with your point of view. That is a fallacy. Number two, the research fallacy. This is the person that's saying whatever information you have must be wrong. And you're just not that smart when it comes to researching because I got different information. Thusly, have a different opinion. So you're just a bad researcher. I'm more intelligent than you. That is a fallacy. Someone only uses that when they disagree with you. Nobody ever says, hey, we got the same opinion, but your research is wrong. Nobody ever does that. They only tell you your research is wrong when they disagree with the conclusion that you have come to. Number three, the public health fallacy. This is the one that says, well, you need to Go get the jab because it's a public health issue. You are protecting other people who might be in a, a worse position than you or they might get the, the virus and put them in a bad space. The problem is the jab is supposed to do that. It's called a vaccine. You look at the definition of a vaccine. It's supposed to produce antibodies and make you immune. If the vaccine, quote unquote, vaccine is not doing that, that is not actually a vaccine. So whatever that is that you got injected into your arm, I don't know what you want to call it, but stop calling it a vaccine because that's not what it is if it is not actually doing their job. It doing its job. If you are already jabbed, whether someone else gets jabbed or not, does not actually affect you. If you have been conditioned to believe that it does, 
please go actually do some research, go read some books, go read some, go consult the dictionary and actually learn how to think logically and think critically. That's covered in episode 1826 and 1827. If you disagree with anything that I said here, you can logically build an argument, send me a text and tell me what it is. I will, I will engage with you and depending on what you say, hey, I might use something that you said in a new episode when I hear what you have to say. So when someone's going with this argument, like you might give it to me, let's throw that away in the garbage. WebMD says research shows a virus can live in the air for up to three hours, which means social distancing doesn't prevent anybody from getting the virus. And it also proves that since it's a respiratory virus, this is something that it's going to be in the air. All right. We can't block air. All right. You can't mandate air. You cannot legislate air. You can't lock down air. You cannot slow the spread of air. So everything that has been going on, all the things that are still going all this time is all all it is is one big fallacy. And we'll probably have another episode on that sometime in the future. People are going to write books about this whole situation that's been going on for the last going on two years now. This has no logical basis whatsoever because anybody jabbed or not can still spread the virus. This is not a public health issue at all. All that being said, tomorrow we're going to go into part two of this. Send me a text and you will get my daily motivation. It's not going to be about this. And my number is 305-384-6894. And any of you who is looking outside of this conversation for someone who can help you when it comes to your strategy, your execution and accountability when it comes to your business and your personal life, you might be a good candidate for my third day mastermind. Only place I offer direct coaching where we get direct, we get clear, we get straight to the point and we get done things we need to get done. Link to sign up for a Zoom call to talk about that is down below in the description. Tomorrow we go on to part two. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.